Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I am just so thankful that you have taken time out to listen in today as we look to weathering the storm of fatigue. We talked about in the opening episode that we all face storms of life, and these storms come in in different forms, different sizes, you may say. Uh, We face physical storms, mental storms, emotional storms, and especially spiritual storms. But one that's very fresh on my mind and dear to my heart is that of fatigue. My wife, Brittany, is pregnant with twins, and Lord willing, they'll be here in April. And those twins are babies number three and four. And so she's already been through this twice, and now seeing her go through it again, she is just so tired. She's exhausted. And so I'm reminded by looking at her what fatigue uh, looks like, and, and that everyone has fatigue at some level in some form. I know that here recently I've uh, gotten back into coaching. And I'm privileged to be coaching baseball uh, down the road with the middle school at Georgia Christian School. And it's been a, a blast. I'm having so much fun, but I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I, I feel the fatigue of, of studying during the day and, and going out there and then coming home at night. And so we all understand what it means to be tired, what it means to be fatigued. But if we don't handle it properly, this could be a storm that can really take us. Uh, it could take us to a place we don't want to go. It can make us and and cause us to do things that we don't want to do because we're just so tired. We're not thinking straight. We're not thinking properly. And sometimes we allow our fatigue to cause us to lose focus. Merriam-Webster defines fatigue as weariness or exhaustion from labor, exertion, or stress. I don't know about you, but I feel all three of those. There's labor involved. There's exertion from every day, but there's stress, stress that mounts up. Some things that we stress about never turn out to to cause us any harm or any problem, and yet we still stress about things. The fact of the matter is, life can wear us down. I was privileged to go to Fred Hardman University out of high school, and I played baseball there for four years. It was one of the best decisions of my life because in 2010, my freshman year, I obeyed the gospel. Uh, Two years later, I began dating Brittany, who is now my wife. And I made some friendships there that I know will last a lifetime and some that will even go into eternity. Uh, and I appreciate Fred Hardman and her stand for the truth and Brother David Shannon, who's doing a great job as president there, uh, but just very thankful that I was able to go there. But when I quit playing baseball in uh, May of 2014, a part of my life uh, kind of went away. I love baseball so much, and I'm thankful now I can get back to coaching. But I can remember just going through practices and being so tired. And it was so difficult coming back on the bus. And we'd get back to campus at, you know, 2 or 3 in the morning. And I had a 7.30 class. I didn't have the opportunity to go and and skip class. I had to be there. I knew the importance of being there. And so going through college, I felt fatigue. But then that same year, (laughs) November the 8th, 2014, Brittany and I were married. And then I found out that marriage brings fatigue. Those of you who have been married for a long time, I'm sure uh, you can relate. Brittany and I have been married for uh, a little over five years now, but uh, but we know that fatigue is a real thing, even in marriage. Well, after we were married, I began working at Toyo Tires. This is a tire factory uh, in North Georgia. And right out of college, I had never really worked, you know, a full-time job. (laughs) Now I'm working 12-hour days. I'm working at uh, 7 at night to 7 in the morning. 
And we would go two days on, two days off, and every other weekend we would work. So then I really found out uh, what fatigue was like, and I just could not get used to sleeping during the day. And if you work night shift, then you know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. While I was working at Toyo, I came home one morning and I was wore out from work. And Brittany had some things on the dresser, had some some gifts, and she had a onesie. And it said, uh, you're going to be a daddy. So <laughs> I found out then that my wife was pregnant with our first son, Jackson. So I go from college to marriage to Toyo tires, working 12-hour shifts, to now I'm going to be a dad. So fatigue set in uh, pretty quick, uh, especially the stressful aspect of it. Well, after working for two years at Toyo Tires, I was privileged to study with one of my co-workers. His name is Jonathan Jenkins. And Brother Jonathan is now a faithful brother in Christ, a faithful gospel preacher in the state of Louisiana for the North, North Arkansas Street Church of Christ. And that's what God can do. Only God could do that. Uh, just so thankful that he brought us together. We were able to study, and he was able to obey the gospel. Well, the night he obeyed the gospel, I decided right then and there that I wanted to be a gospel preacher. It was the greatest feeling in the world to bring someone to Christ, knowing that I played a small role uh, in helping an individual in a family. So I decided that night that I would I wanted to go to preaching school. I called my good friend Jake Sutton, who preaches at the Piedmont Road Congregation in Marietta, Georgia. I asked Jake, I said, look, Jake, I, I need to preach. Where do I need to go? He said, if you want to preach, go to the Memphis School of Preaching. That was in June of 2016, and in August, we had moved from Adairsville, Georgia, to Memphis, Tennessee, to start the Memphis School of Preaching. Two of the best years of my life, and I'm so thankful for the great men there uh, who took the time out to teach. I got to study the Bible for two years, and what a blessing that has been to my life. But then I found there was a new level of fatigue. And if you've gone through preaching school, you know what I mean. We had class for six hours, and so you study uh, one hour out of class for every hour in class. So I went from working 12 hours in a tire factory in a warehouse to now I'm working 12 hours mentally. I'm studying God's Word 12 hours a day. And when you study, that's just a different kind of tired. It's a good tired, but it's just a different kind of tired. Fast forward to today, 2020. I'm preaching full-time, and I'm coaching baseball down the road. I have a four-year-old son, an 18-month-old daughter, and twins on the way in April. I know many of you listening right now say, well, I, you know, I know that you think you know what it means to be tired, but you have nothing compared to what, I, what I'm going through. And I say to that, you're absolutely right. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how your schedule looks. The only reason that I bring all these things out is to let you know I know what it means to be tired. I know what you're going through uh, when you say, I'm tired. I've had a long day. I get that. And so I just wanted that uh, to be relatable to you to say, you know what? I know what it's like to be tired. I know what it's like to be fatigued. But here's the point of our episode today. How do we respond when the storm of fatigue comes our way? You know, one of my baseball coaches in high school said, it's not what happens to you that matters, but how you respond. And that's true, isn't it? It's not about what happens to you, but how you respond. Well, when it comes to the storm of fatigue, it's going to happen. You're going to be tired. How do you respond to that? As we discuss this topic in this episode today, 
I want to give you three words, and these three words will help us as we weather the storm of fatigue. Look unto Jesus. If you want to see the perfect example of how one weathers the storm of fatigue, look to Jesus. You know, friends, no matter how tired we get, we will never get the level of fatigue that Jesus felt. We'll never reach that level. It's interesting as you study the life of Christ, of course, the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see just how busy he was. From sunup to sundown, he was going about serving others. He was casting out demons. He was teaching. He was explaining what he was teaching. He was having to take these threats and these different things that people were saying to him. He had to take that. And that will wear you out when people are constantly saying, you're not who you say you are. But that's what Jesus dealt with on a daily basis. One thing that is helpful to remember, in fact, it's essential to remember, is that Jesus, while he was on earth, you have to remember this, yes, he was 100% deity, meaning he is God in the flesh, but he was also 100% man. Jesus took on flesh, John 1, 14, the word who took on flesh. Therefore, he knows exactly what it means to be tired. He knows what it's like to be hungry, to be thirsty, to be worn out from a day that's just full. Jesus knows how that feels. You know, we read in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 that Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. But we learn that he came to this life and he took on everything that a human being can face. So everything that you're facing today, Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. And that makes him uniquely qualified to be our great high priest. We can go through him and we can look to him to see how we are to navigate through this life. You know, as we think about Jesus and how tired he was, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, we read that Jesus was in the desert. He was fasting. Do you remember how many days? Forty days fasting in the desert. Do you think Jesus was tired? Friends, I tell you this, if I go, you know, 40 minutes without eating or something, (laughs) I want something. I don't know about you, but I'm just one of those who constantly likes to eat throughout the day. But here's Jesus, 40 days fasting in the desert. But not only was he fasting, not only was he physically fatigued, but we read in Luke's account that Satan was tempting him. And so while he's in the desert, while he's going without physical food and physical nourishment, he is being tempted by Satan. So his body and his soul are being worn down. And so Jesus knows what it's like to be fatigued. You know, in John chapter 4, we read about Jesus making his way, really going out of his way to talk to the woman at the well in Samaria. Of course, the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans, but Jesus saw an opportunity to reach a soul. And that one soul went out and spread the good news. And by the time Philip gets to Samaria in Acts chapter 8, there's good soil there. No doubt because Jesus took the time to teach one soul. But what we learn from John 4 is that Jesus was tired. Jesus was thirsty. He sat with the woman at the well and he asked for a drink. And sometimes we may gloss over things like that, but it helps us to remember that he understood what it was like to be tired. One of the busiest days recorded in Jesus' life is when he was teaching all day long, explaining what he was teaching, and then he was on a boat with his disciples and he fell asleep. This is recorded for us in Mark chapter 4. And if you open up to that chapter, uh, you read through the book of Mark, you see there are so many parables that he tells. He explains the purpose of the parables. 
Uh, he gives the parable of the sower, and then he explains it. Uh, he gives the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed. And then in verses 33 and 34, we read that with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Those of you listening today, if you've done any preaching or teaching, you know how tiring it is to teach a Bible class, to preach a sermon, to go home and to come back and preach another sermon all in one day. You know how tiring it can be to teach something and then have someone ask you questions and then you go back and explain what you've taught. That can really wear you out. And I know that Sunday night, by the time I get home, I'm done for. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to call it a day. And so I think about Jesus here teaching all day long, not just teaching, but explaining, going back and explaining what he had taught. And this is what we read in Mark chapter 4 and verse 38. As this storm is raging on the sea, a great windstorm arose. The waves beat into the boat. It was already filling. Verse 38, we read that Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I want to ask you something to think about. How tired do you have to be to sleep during a storm? Now, I understand that you could sleep at home and you hear the thunder and you hear the rain, and that's very soothing. But it wouldn't be very soothing to be on the water. <laughs> you get in a boat and here comes the storm. Well, that's what Jesus was, but, but he was at total peace, wasn't he? He was at total peace and he was able to weather the storm of fatigue. But here's the point of, of what we want to get to today as we close out. What did Jesus do to weather the storm of fatigue? Three things for your consideration. The first thing Jesus did as he went through this life and he faced the storms of fatigue is that he prayed. We read in Mark 1.35 that Jesus was a man of prayer, specifically how he rose early in the morning before the sun came up. While it was still dark, while the morning was still fresh, he spent time in prayer. And what a great lesson for us. Before we go about our busy schedules, let's make sure we spend time in prayer. Something else that Jesus did when facing the storm of fatigue is that he thought of others. He didn't focus on his own storm of fatigue, but he wanted to think about what others were going through. We read that in Mark 6 and verse 34, how he was a man of compassion and how he looked to others and said, you know what? They're going to go home without anything to eat. They're probably tired. Jesus was able to think of others and that allowed him uh, to weather the storm of fatigue. But finally, Jesus kept his focus on doing the will of God. You know, it's said of Jesus that he always did those things that pleased the Father, John 8, 29. We can't say that, can we? But Jesus did. Jesus always did the things that pleased God. I find it interesting in John chapter 4, verses 31 through 34, that Jesus hadn't eaten that day. His disciples said, Has anyone brought you anything to eat? Why haven't you eaten? Jesus said, My meat or my food is to do the will of God and to finish the work that he gave me to do. So how did Jesus weather the storm of fatigue? He did it through prayer. He did it by thinking of others. And he did it by keeping his focus on doing the will of God. Friends, no matter how tired we get, let's make sure that we stay focused on Jesus and follow his example. We've noticed today that he prayed, he thought of others, and he practiced patience as he kept his focus on doing the will of God no matter what life threw his way. 
I hope and pray that today's episode will help encourage you in some way as you weather the storm. Thank you so much, and God bless.